This is CliffCentral.com. Okay, we're going to get our attentions turned to Anthea and the money shot now. So if you, uh, if you only come to listen to uh, all the information about your money, well, you've come to the right place and your timing is excellent. She works hard for your money. Anthea and the, the money shot. Don't forget, coming up in a little while, we'll go beyond Bitcoin with Revix and talk to Louis Bass about what's happening over there. Anthea, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Gareth. I'm well, thanks. How are you? Good. So let's talk about the markets. Okay. So it wasn't really a bad week from a market perspective. Uh, the JSC was much higher. And I'm not surprised, really. We had higher oil prices, higher precious metals prices, and, of course, a weaker rand all really helps, you know, the, the RAND hedge beneficiaries, even Sassel, which a couple of weeks ago complained or was telling us about the LCC project being so bad and overrunning budget, um, had a nice little rally last week. But I'm afraid last week was really mostly about the macroeconomics. Um, and the big, big disappointment last week was that our economy, the news came out that our economy contracted by a shocking 3.2% in the first quarter oh. of this year. Oh, no, right. Cyril, the biggest Cyril plunge. couldn't wish for worse news. <laughs> so, so that was the biggest plunge since the 2008 global financial crisis, the highest drop in two decades. Oh, my God. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's shocking. And, and I, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to be the, I told you so, but unfortunately, this is exactly what you get for almost a decade of mismanagement. And um, the only... Uh, sectors that were really good were, or, or I should say positive, uh, was finance and personal services. So everything else. Uh, personal services, what's trend. that? Personal services, like, was, was it prostitution? <laughs> uh, no. Oh. But, uh, you, you know, banking, that oh. sort of thing. So oh, right. What okay. you, what you, use. Oh. Um, so. The, the, the bad sectors, construction, trade down 3.6, transport, electricity, of course, yeah. down 7%, manufacturing down 8.8%, mining down 11 I And mean, it's really not looking good. Hmm. And, and unfortunately, Moody's have come out and said the chances of us now having a technical recession are, in fact, quite high. And if you remember, the same thing happened last year. We went into a technical recession. And then in 2008, our overall growth number was 0.8%. So maybe we can bounce back from this terrible start. Um, but, but I think where we are now, National Treasury and Reserve Bank will probably have to revise their numbers downwards, you know, probably closer to half a percent growth for this year. Well, they're used to doing that. Yeah, it's been a couple of years that they've been every two months that they're doing that. And then on top of that, we had a fairly bad trade number. So the current account deficit widened to 142.5 billion rand. I know it's it's quite shocking, right? And and this this, of course, is the number that shows trade balance. And I'm afraid that... The reason for this, I would say, is that the global economy is pretty much in the late stage economic cycle. And if you combine that with Trump talking about increasing tariffs on China and Mexico, the world being a little bit nervous about trading with each other, we're definitely not going to benefit from it. And unfortunately, as I said earlier on, we had higher precious metals prices, being the great precious metals producer that we are, we suddenly can't take advantage of it because nobody's trading with us. And then, of course, that happens. A current account deficit widens. Huh. 
Well, yeah. as you say, this is what happens when you have a decade of mismanagement and people who clearly don't understand economics. And guess what? We've got a bunch of them who've just come in now who also don't understand economics. So uh, look forward to more mismanagement then. What is this? Ex- what? what is this? Uh, what is this obsession with quantitative easing? Can you explain this to me? No, I can't. I, actually, I, I don't know what the obsession with QE is. It, I think it's. I'm not a politician, but and I'm. By going the way, to I just want to point somebody, out. That, I just want to point out. Someone mentioned this to Ace Magashule because he doesn't even call it quantitative easing. He doesn't know what that is. He calls it quantity easing. How funny is that? So someone <laughs> someone said this to him, and now he thinks he's got a, a he's got a, a crude weapon to use on the economy. The new what, word of the day. What is it meant to be, and and what does Ace understand by it? So, well, I don't know what he understands by it, but what it is is basically printing money. So when the economy is stagnant, the yeah. developed markets post two thousand and eight had very low inflation. No one was spending because everyone was being laid off. There were no jobs. There was no inflation. Um, but they still had a fairly relatively strong currency compared to us, mm-hmm. right? And so what they do is they print money, make credit available, and people start spending. It kickstarts the economy. Inflation increases, um, and off you go. Hopefully, you've got an economy that's working again. So, mm-hmm. so no inflation is as bad as hyperinflation. Unfortunately, and somebody said – I heard somebody arguing the other day that – We've got very low inflation at 4.4%. Now, just because our Reserve Bank is targeting 3 to 6% inflation and we're slightly below the midpoint of 45 doesn't mean we've got low inflation. And in fact, what you really need is almost no inflation if you're going to print money. Think Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so quantitative easing really is just making it easier for people to access credit um, and to spend and to kickstart you know, the economy so that companies producing goods can now employ people again. But the, the, the downside of QE is this hyperinflation story. And, and I'm afraid South Africa, because we're so dependent on importing goods, and we saw this happen last year and the year before, we had a bit of a drought. We had a huge spike in the oil price. We had a weaker rand and we were all panicking because we were running into inflation. It was so much more expensive to fill our tanks. Meat, remember, meat went up by like 30, 50, between 30 and 50% in a year. Yeah. Um, and, and people won't be able to eat or just to generally live. So we definitely do not want QE. I mean, this, this whole story about changing the Saab mandate and ensuring that the Saab is um, owned by uh, government <laughs> – why? Like, it's, it's actually pointless. So I think if the Reserve Bank had been owned by government in the last, let's say, previous regime, shall we say that, um, there would have been a lot of trouble because the Reserve Bank was one of the few institutions that actually wasn't tainted by corruption um, and mismanagement. It, in fact, ran incredibly well. For, for all my criticizing of them raising interest rates, the Saab really has done a fantastic job of containing inflation to ensure that the consumer can still live in South Africa. Oh, boy. All right, let's just talk about SAA briefly because they, they really are on their, on their deathbed. What's going on there? So they've had another CEO resign, um, and they've, in fact, appointed a um, interim CEO, acting CEO, who was their head of, was their head of operations, 
And they've now turned around and said they also, as well as a new CEO, they also need 4 billion rand. There's a lot of CEO positions going if you're interested at the moment. eh? Yeah, because no one can run anything and there are very few skilled people that can be deployed as cadres. Well, there you go. Again, right? Ten years of mismanagement. Sure. Um, So, so, And and unfortunately, because they're in such a bad position at the moment, who wants that job? No like who wants that no S1 one. job? Who yeah. wants SA job? You have to have a death wish. It's just okay. sure. Ben will take it. Sure, I'll take it, but I can give you two days a week tops. Just probably more. Than oh, that's no problem. In that case, I'll decrease your salary from the offered five million rand a year to what two? No bollocks! I still want the five. I'm a CEO. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Ben. You can have yeah. it, Ben. Thanks. All right. So let's just uh, let's not even waste too much time here. Do you think they're going to be able to save SAA? Do you think they're just going to get the government bailout and then carry on? I don't know, Gareth. It's uh, you know, it's a binary. It's either going to work or it's not going to work. It's I, I, I have no idea whether it can work or not. You you're really going to need some serious turnaround expert to get in there and fix it. And and the story of potentially kind of selling it off at this, like if they'd done it earlier, I would have made, it would have made sense. Somebody would maybe want to buy it. But at this stage, who wants to even buy it? No one. I mean, for, for maybe for 10 Rand. All right. Tongart Hewlett in company news. What's going uh, on there? And another crazy story, right? I mean, they say that when the tide goes out, you can see who's been swimming without shorts. Tongart Hewlett announced <laughs> last week that Another corporate scandal, they've been inflating their revenue line. Sound familiar? Steinhoff style? Yeah. Um, and exactly like Steinhoff, I'm afraid we don't know what the exa- exact extent of this issue is, so we're going to have to wait and see. But that share has absolutely fallen out of bed. So shocking. Another another corporate scandal story. Like it just feels at the moment like the whole of South Africa, whether it's SE, SOEs or corporates, like – Somebody's got their hand in the cookie jar and mismanaging and doing all sorts. We really need to sort this. I, I, I'm actually just so shocked by all of it. I've never seen the extent of so many changes in CEOs and institutions in such a short space of time in all the markets I've worked in. It's really bizarre. All right. And then just finally, the U.S. looked like they might just cut interest rates. Yeah. So how's this? Their non-farm payrolls number came out on Friday. They only created 75 jobs in May. They were expecting to create 180,000 jobs. They also revised March and April lower. So now suddenly the Fed and the government are all very worried because the economy is not going as quickly or growing as quickly as it should or they thought it would be going. And it all sounds terrible, but actually this could very well be good news for us. I mean, because what they're going to do, hopefully, or the Fed has said it, potentially could do is cut interest rates now if the u.s cuts interest rates that just means that potentially we can cut interest rates you you know so we don't have this huge what we call purchasing power disparity um or it's called purchasing power parity actually but this big disparity between their rates and our rates um and i think an interest rate cut for south africa would go a long way to doing some good to kick-starting our economy. So fingers crossed on that front as well. It, it's, it's quite bizarre that such a bad thing could turn out to be a good thing for us. But it, that's what the economy is all about, right? It's all about balance. You don't want no inflation. You don't want hyperinflation. You don't want no growth or too much growth. <laughs> it's kind of, right. You just want the middle. Well, Anthea, I'm, I'm very pleased we get to check, check in with you on a Monday. But sometimes it's just downright depressing. 
I'm sorry, Gareth. <laughs> try, try and bring us some good news next week. I mean, I like the uh, the possible uh, cut in interest rates in the U.S., but otherwise it's all just about doom and gloom, I'm afraid. Oh, I'm sorry. Not my doing. I'm just yeah, reporting right. on it. Okay, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Anthea. Thanks. Bye. There we go. The money shot, Anthea Gardner. This is CliffCentral.com.